from Manhattan Associates. Welcome to the Nucleus of Innovation, your leading retail and supply chain podcast with industry-leading guests tackling some of the most important and pressing topics and developments from around the globe, including the latest innovations happening today and how to prepare for supply chain and retail challenges of tomorrow as well. Looking ahead to the second half of the year, we're reminded of some of the huge developments and changes in industries all over the globe that we've witnessed over the last 18 months, not least in the supply chain space. With many organisations being forced to accelerate strategies such as e-commerce and digitalisation, or spin up altogether new offerings, such as curbside pickup, micro-fulfillment centres, or new point-of-sale offerings, it's easy to simply gloss over the backroom processes and skills that are needed to make these implementations actually function properly. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by two new guests to the show, Nicole Palladino and Rachel Kitchens, who will be discussing the importance of change management in the context of supply chain deployments. Nicole, Rachel, delighted to have you both on the show today. Could you maybe tell us a little bit about your roles and what a day in the life of Rachel and Nicole looks like at Manhattan? Sure. Thanks, James, for having us on. My name is Nicole Palladino, as you said, and I'm the director of our education services and change management organization that is within our professional services group here at Manhattan. Uh, Our team excels in preparing customer teams to become experts with Manhattan software so that they can optimally run their own supply chain, both from a confidence and competence perspective. I was able to do WM Designs for about nine years for global retailers and grocers, and I lived through many customer implementations, some that went great and some that definitely had room for improvements. After becoming a certified change management practitioner, I recognized that often the most common issues faced could be avoided by having a strong change management program. After completing my MBA with concentrations in both organizational behavior and supply chain, it was a natural transition to move from the more technical software side of things to this team, where preparing our customers for the change that's coming is our key competency and main focus every single day. Excellent. And um, what about you, Rachel? Hi, James. Thanks for having me. My name is Rachel Kitchens, and I am a senior change management consultant on Nicole's team in ESO. Like Nicole, I worked on the implementation side of the business prior to moving to our change management practice. I also recognized that while companies put a lot of energy into making sure the software side of the project is successful, the people oftentimes don't get the attention that they deserve, resulting in go-lives that weren't as successful as they could be. I also pursued a change management certification to transition to helping our clients focus on the people side of software implementation. So that's a great segue into the main part of today's episode. Rachel, maybe let's start with you. Um, And this is something that I've been considering for a while. How is change management different to project management per se? Yeah, that's a great question, James. So I think the best way to understand the difference between change management and project management is to think of it like this. Project management prepares the software for the organization and change management prepares the organization for the software. Um, Effective project management helps ensure that software solutions our clients purchase are designed, configured, tested, and implemented successfully. Project managers focus on staffing, timelines, generally the more technical side of the change, managing the project team and leading the client to a software go-live. Change management, on the other hand, 
focuses on the people side of the change to help those impacted by the new software embrace and adopt it as smoothly as possible. Change management also involves more people than just the project team. It includes executive sponsors who are championing the change, managers and supervisors who will coach their people through the implementation process, along with change management practitioners like myself and Nicole and our ESO change management team who provide structure to a change management program. Both project management and change management are crucial to a successful implementation, and ideally they work closely together to deliver a thoroughly designed solution to an organization that's ready to adopt it. Well, wow, that's that, that, that's quite that's quite the response. <laughs> um, but I but, but I, I really like that, Rachel. Um, essentially, for for me, the takeaway there was that the project management is is very much more tech focused, whereas the change management is more focused around the the, the people implementing that technology. That's a that's a nice way to uh, easily remember that. And Nicole, maybe maybe if we can go to you now. Why is change management so crucial? Why is it so important in the supply chain software journey? Yeah, I mean, software selection is such a massive undertaking. If you're listening to this, you've probably been through a software selection process before, which could take months or even years to finalize. And then the implementation, it it stands to impact tens to thousands of people within your organization. So a supply chain software transformation is really a big deal with a massive upside potential. But ultimately, it's the people of your organization who determine if the project will be successful. So often, you know, a business case is made to justify the the undertaking. And there is an underlying assumption that the people will adopt, embrace, and change their ways to accommodate the shift that's coming. This assumption is also the biggest risk, I would say, and this is the risk that we want to mitigate with change management. You know, you could own the fastest car, but if you're not an expert driver, what's under the hood will never be used to its greatest potential. So people will work in these systems day in and day out, and so the more they understand why it's there, what it can do, and how they can enable the change for the better, well, the better off your company will be with potentially a higher ROI than even originally planned. And, you know, if I could share an experience from my past in one of the more challenging product projects that I was a part of um, years and years ago, the implementation team didn't know why they were learning this new software. They didn't see anything wrong with the old ways of working. They stopped a configuration meeting I was leading dead in its tracks. And they asked me, why are we even here? They didn't understand the why. Nobody had told them. All they knew was that they had to make this thing work. They did not see the bigger picture and how they fit into it. They were not aware of the changes that would help their organization as a whole. And they didn't understand what was expected of them. They were not motivated to be highly successful. They were just trying not to fail, which they self-defined as not making anything worse than before. So this was a really tough project for everyone involved, and I empathized with the team members who were really in the thick of it, but unfortunately, I did not have the skill set or tools, or nor was I empowered to solve it, right? So years later, I saw what was missing, what their leadership team could have said and done, what messages should have been conveyed, and which pieces of information were being withheld. The list goes on. To have made that project a positive experience for everyone, and to make the 
robust software have an even higher potential for their business, they needed a change management program. So what I'm hearing then, well, firstly, that must have been a pretty uh, interesting situation to be part of. <laughs> the, the question, why are you here, is never one you really want to hear uh, in any meeting situation. But the thing that I'm hearing there from, from you, Nicole, and again from Rachel's first uh, response, is the emphasis on people. Yeah, It's um, really about engaging the, the, the people as, um, as part of this journey. And that's, that's, that's very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the center of everything that we do from a change management side. To sum it up in one word, people. Agreed. Brilliant. Well, well you've done my job there. You've, you've summarized everything, so we can probably call it a wrap. Now, let's, um, let's, let's go back to you, Rachel, um, for, for a moment. Can you give our listeners maybe three key stages um, of change management that every organization needs to be or maybe should be aware of? Sure. So the three key areas that we would say for a successful change management program are to inform, manage, and reinforce. So as far as informing goes, you know, those who are impacted, they need to be aware of the change that's coming in all its glory. To summarize, they need to know the what, the why, the how, right? So we've probably all experienced when this kind of information was withheld. So they, maybe we felt like we were not informed in the right time frame. So we need to tell people what the software's purpose is, why the organization decided to implement it, and how is it going to affect them day to day. We really want to motivate people to embrace and look forward to the change and not fear it. Impacted group analysis should be performed to understand where more focus should be placed and identify the opposite as well, which groups are going to experience minimal change so we can provide everyone with the right level of support and assistance. You know, we've had customers with kickoffs where the content was purely product information. It was very factual, almost like a, a spec sheet of what was purchased and what is to come. But what they were missing was the why the organization decided to change from their current ways of working because many people get so used to the tools they have, they might not be able to visualize what could possibly be better. And what's in it for the audience or how am I impacted? These are key things that often the change management team here at Manhattan helps shape the messaging for so that communications are appreciated, absorbed, and retained by those who will be involved with the deployment or you know, impacted from go live onwards. To manage the change, the next phase of it, so moving on from informing, so now we're managing, you know, we have to ensure the proper stakeholders are on board with clear understanding. So although informing takes deliberate communication, managing the change requires even more information sharing via heightened communication from various senders in a scheduled time frame. We need to make sure that it's not just a monologue. We want two-way communication whenever possible so that people can voice their questions and concerns and so that, that we can properly address them and risks can be mitigated. One of the customers that I've worked with in the past, a major retailer in North America, they had a, a split team between IT and operations. So one group, super excited, understanding about the change, and then the other they were equally engaged, but they were on the opposite end of the spectrum. It was obvious in meetings and in the day-to-day -day conversations, but no action was being taken to get to the root cause of their opposition to the change. So 
in the change management program, we conducted stakeholder interviews to see who in a leadership position amongst the various impacted groups were embracing the change. And we quickly learned that from the top down, one group was very adverse to the change. We took the time to understand why. And as it turns out, they were not consulted during the selection phase. They did not know if the software would meet their business requirements. And they felt like they weren't getting the full picture because they seemed to receive communications after the other groups. These are all valid reasons to be frustrated. Personally, I get it. You know, you weren't consulted about a change that would impact you. You didn't know if it was good enough to meet your needs and you were the last to know. But at the end of the day, these are all communication issues amongst people. They were not a reflection of a bad decision being made. In fact, once you move on from not being consulted and being the last to know, you just have to understand if the decision meets your needs, which in this case, it absolutely did. And we were able to, to discuss that with, necessar- with the necessary facts that they needed to back that statement up. So by having these conversations, we could understand their resistance points, they could voice their concerns, and that really allowed them to clear their head enough to hear the benefits of the change for their day-to-day. So doing this early on in the project prevented it from you know, bubbling up during go-live or making the project drag on any longer than planned. Really, the sooner we found out about the root of why they were unhappy, the sooner we could address it and move on and make the project you know, the best that it could be. Uh, reinforcement, the last item of change management, uh, manifests, it, manifests itself in continued training, recognition, and tracking towards end goals. It's really about never losing focus and staying motivated to, to reach the, the ultimate goal, if you will, as these projects, I mean, they can often take months or potentially years, depending on how big it is. Those are, those are three great points that you make there, Nicole. And for me, the the inform people, manage all the stakeholders, and reinforcing those those messages and those big picture um, approach or awareness of the big picture is, uh, is is really really informative. It comes down to one thing, though, doesn't it? The, you 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 both kept mentioning it's people and it's communications. And uh, for me, obviously, in communications, I find that very insightful indeed. Maybe. Um, Maybe I can come work in the change management team someday. <laughs> Who knows? Come on over. <laughs> and lastly, Rachel, maybe you could give us a couple of examples of great successes in supply chain management that you've been involved in and maybe explain why you think they went so smoothly. Don't give away all the secret sauce, but maybe just a couple of little tidbits as to as to why you think they were such a success. Absolutely. You know, Like you said, we said it over and over again during uh, this podcast, but ultimately change management focuses on the people side of the software implementation. So the biggest successes that we've seen have been when people are prioritized. For example, as part of our change management program, we interview those affected by the upcoming changes to discuss their thoughts, concerns, questions. And the goal of these interviews is really twofold. We as a change management team get to know the people better and build trust there. And it also allows us to organically prepare for proactive resistance management as well. We recently conducted these interviews for a large retailer and they were extremely successful. We walked the floor with them and talked about how they do their jobs now, what they're most excited about in a new system, and also what they were more hesitant about as well. 
when we can talk to the people candidly about their concerns, it gives us an idea of what resistance we may see later on in the project and come go live and allows us to better prepare for that. But the interviews themselves go a long way in terms of resistance management. At the end of the day, people want and need to feel heard. They want to know that they were considered and prioritized when decisions were made that affect their jobs. So providing a platform for them to air their concerns is oftentimes all that's really needed to mitigate some of the, ri the risk related to resistance. We have to remember that implementation does not equal adoption and that preparing end users, not just through training, but through personal connections and conversations will ultimately lead to increased adoption and a more successful project. Yeah, I'd say that in general, research has definitely shown that utilizing, you know, a structured change management program, which is what we always work through, contributes to project success. Uh, a global leader in a change management research is called ProSci, and they have found that changes in projects with a strong change management uh, program in place are up to six times more likely to achieve their project objectives than those who don't use change management. So even if Rachel and I haven't convinced you, the data does back up what we're saying, that there are clear and measurable benefits to be had by prioritizing change management. Uh, just to build on what Rachel was saying, a success story that I've gotten to see is by doing comprehensive training programs. Uh, we also see the success there because the competence can get rapidly built up. Um, the training programs that I would say are top-notch usually include realistic uh, simulations, checking for understanding, and also shadowing on the job uh, so that you can reinforce some key messages in case not everything was uh, absorbed the first time around. So really in, in building up system confidence, we've seen hundreds of customers go through our product training prior to their projects kicking off, and that really gives them a leg up on seeing the bigger picture and understanding how it all flows together and not just make a decision that's not as well-informed as it could be. Wonderful. Well, I took away some, some, some fantastic learnings from, uh, from this conversation. Um, six times more likely to succeed with change management. There you go, folks. You heard it here, hot off the press. So, uh, so talk to Rachel and, and Nicole about this. And, and also, I, I liked what you said there uh, earlier, Rachel, about implementation doesn't equal adoption. I think that's a very powerful statement to take away. And finally, um, and one that I think resonates in life in general, people want and need to feel heard. That's a, that's a great takeaway, especially for the month of June. So on those very insightful notes, that draws today's latest episode of the Nucleus of Innovation to a conclusion. I'd like to say a big thank you to our guests, Nicole Palladino and Rachel Kitchens, for some really excellent insights into an entirely new area of Manhattan associates that I wasn't really aware of at all. Um, it's certainly been a school day for me and any day it's a school day I think is a good day. And finally I'd like to thank you our listeners for tuning in again. If you'd like to take part in any future episodes do feel free to send us a DM via Twitter with a suggested topic. Our Twitter handle you'll need is News, or you can reach out to us on LinkedIn. If you particularly enjoyed today's episode and want to find out more about change management or any of the topics that we've discussed more broadly, please reach out uh, to Rachel and Nicole via LinkedIn, or you can email them. Until next time, it's a very goodbye from Rachel and Nicole. Bye, everyone. Bye.
And it's a very big thank you for me for listening. Stay well, everybody, and join us again soon on the Nucleus of Innovation. Thank you.